Hello, my friends. It's your buddy Phil here. It's a reminder that I have coaching and training sessions one-on-one. If the PMP exam has been giving you a lot of trouble, now's the time for us to sit down one-on-one and get it down pat. You know the exam has so many moving parts. Agile, Scrum in particular, the PMBOK guide, hybridization, so much stuff. A lot of times people just need one or two sessions to get their head straight. Some people need more than one session, but for the most part, I've found one session to be so freeing and liberating for students. If that sounds like something you want to take advantage of, go on down to pmanonymous.com. That's pmanonymous.com. And we'll work together and get you in ship shape to knock this PMP exam out. Let's get into today's show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the PMP Exam Radio Show. This is the final episode in a series of 11 where we started off with an introduction and we dive straight into the 10 knowledge areas. Well, my friends, this final one is by far one of the most important ones. It's about the stakeholder. Stakeholder is everything. If you don't have good stakeholder rapport, you aren't doing anything on the project, I can tell you that, because everything that you do will not go down well with the stakeholder. Take it from me. If you want things to go smooth, you need good stakeholder relations, good stakeholder interaction. And the very first thing you should do is to first of all, identify your stakeholders. Identify who they could be. Sometimes we have stakeholders hiding in plain sight. And the reason why we don't identify these stakeholders is we're not intentional in our identification. So the project manager right from the get-go, right there in initiating, should work with the team in identifying who are we forgetting? Who could be impacted by this project? Who could impact this project? It's a simple question that you can ask people around you, your team members, other stakeholders, Use the low-hanging fruit method. Use existing stakeholders to find other stakeholders. That's what it's all about. Now, there's a lot of tools that we could use, a lot of techniques, but the mindset is everything, my friends. So on your exam, you've got to understand that stakeholder is key. Stakeholder is important. Whether in the world of agile, you're in the world of predictive, your stakeholder is important. We talk about customer collaboration over contract negotiation. That trumps everything. So whether you're using a power interest grid or power influence grid or influence impact grid, you've got to understand why are we using this? What kind of project could we use this on? What is a stakeholder cube? What kind of situation should we use a stakeholder cube in? It's all there in the sixth edition, if you read it, in the stakeholder chapter. We also talk about the salience model, a definitive stakeholder. The PUL factor is what I call it, power, urgency, and legitimacy. Why should you pay attention to stakeholders who are in the top right grid of the power interest grid? Why should you manage them close? Because if you don't, your project could go to the dogs. Bad things are going to happen. Also understand that stakeholders who you do not see as being important or see as being amiable, maybe they seem like they're quarrelsome, they're still your responsibility as a project manager. And that's why we really want to do a good job in identifying these stakeholders. And then the next process is to plan how to engage them. We call it plan stakeholder engagement. You've got to plan how are we going to get this stakeholder on board. They're currently unaware. How do we get them to be more supportive? Or how do we get them to be more leading? This is called a stakeholder engagement assessment matrix. C for current, D for desired. How do we move this stakeholder over there is a big question. 
So while you may not get questions that test you on tools and techniques wrote, the mindset of stakeholders being so important and your responsibility will be tested on the exam. The next process is called manage stakeholder engagement. This is where you actually do the work of the engagement. So if you know a stakeholder is not coming to meetings, they got no interest, how do you keep them engaged? What could you do? Is there a phase that they are most interested in that you could bring them into that phase, bring them in as appropriate, or do they really need to be in that meeting they're not enjoying? Look for avenues where you could bring in certain stakeholders such as reviews like the sprint review. Maybe that's an ideal place to get them most involved, you know, if you're in the world of Agile. But just be creative with your team and ask questions. Who knows this stakeholder? What do you think we could do to get this stakeholder more engaged? And then do that thing. So if my plan is to get stakeholder X into a sprint review, bring that stakeholder in. After all, the sprint review is open to all stakeholders, right? It's not like the sprint retrospective that's just for the scrum team. Sprint review is for everyone. So the bottom line is you've got to be creative in how you engage your stakeholders. Think about your stakeholders. What are they most interested in? Where should you bring them in? What do you want them to do on the project? How supportive do you want them to be? When you execute your plan with precision and with the awareness that it won't always be picture perfect, you get better and better and better. You see a negative stakeholder becoming more positive. You see a stakeholder that's out of alignment becoming more in alignment. That's what you're trying to achieve in managed stakeholder engagement. You're trying to increase support, minimize resistance. So it's a doing process, managed stakeholder engagement. The final one is monitor stakeholder engagement. Oftentimes people get mixed up between manage and monitor. Manage is the doing, monitor is the check-in. Monitor is where you're checking to see if your stakeholders are as engaged as you want them to be. Is your execution working? Is managed stakeholder engagement really working as you're doing it? Or do you need to tweak something up? If you need to tweak something up, then you're gonna do that in monitor stakeholder engagement. You see, very simple, four processes, identify stakeholders, plan stakeholder engagement, manage stakeholder engagement, and monitor stakeholder engagement. Those are the four things you do. And as a project manager, you wanna make sure you are really driving these things if they're not happening. That's the mindset. Your exam will test you on accountability of the project manager and responsibilities, things that you are ultimately accountable for and things that you could partake in. You're responsible for them as well. Stakeholder management is a big one. You are accountable and you're also responsible to a large degree. This is where you jump in with your team, you get your hands dirty and you think and you do and you check and you act. Now, another knowledge area that's often mixed up with this is the communications management knowledge area. We talk about managed communications and then we talk about managed stakeholder engagement. Well, there's similarities in both. We communicate in both, but we're communicating in managed communications with a view to meeting obligations in the communications management plan. We communicate in managed stakeholder engagement with a view to getting our stakeholders engaged. Two types of communications for different reasons. One is an engagement communication type of thing in managed stakeholder engagement. The other one is a fulfillment kind of thing in managed communications. We also talk about monitor communications and monitor stakeholder engagement. 
What is the difference? One is checking how you're communicating overall with the stakeholder. Whether to engage, whether to share information, it's still communication. So how well are we doing in our communications? It's a question. But the other one, monitor stakeholder engagement, is specific to the outcome of the communications, the engagement. So the communications might be good, but is the engagement good is the question. And if not, needs to be tweaked. And that, my friends, concludes our episode on the PMBOK Guide. I wouldn't even call it 6th edition or 7th edition. It's pretty much just talking about project management organically. If we put it in buckets and silos as process groups and knowledge areas, that's okay. But the bottom line is understanding what the project manager and the team need to do and how they need to do it. So whether you read the 7th or the 6th, it makes no difference. I would say read the 7th uh, from the angle of the principles. But I would say read the six from the angle of the processes. Principles are also important, right? Understanding the 12 principles is not bad. If you haven't watched my video, two and a half hours thereabouts on the seventh edition, do that. But if you have, this is pretty much the only other bit that you need to build up confidence and direction for your exam, okay? Whichever area you find yourself being weak in, I encourage you to go on down to YouTube and just search that knowledge area and praise you on the company name. And you'll find a video to maybe even more on that topic. All right. If you have any questions specifically, I want you to put them in the comments below. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you very much. I wish you all the best on your exam. And uh, don't forget to check out my Agile videos. I've got a ton of Agile videos on the channel on YouTube as well. You take care, my friends. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share with your friends. Bye for now.